hello and welcome, my faithful and loyal readers and listeners. <coughs> welcome to our daily devotional for July the 12th. So, as you will recall, our daily devotionals are divided into two distinct segments. We have our Through the Bible in One Year segment. And we have our verse of the day segment. So our verse for July the 12th comes from Psalm 105, verse 1, which says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has so to really and truly understand what the psalmist is saying here, we need to look at the first four verses of this particular psalm, which says, so starting in verse 2, because we already read verse 1, let's, let's give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. So, starting in verse 2, which says, Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. So, what this song does, does is it calls the Israelites to worship, to praise, and to obey God, and obey God, and to pursue a deeper relationship with Him. So that is because He has miraculously directed their individual lives and their history as a nation in order to establish and preserve Israel as a people set apart for his purposes. So this psalm aims at inspiring gratitude for the Lord's care. It aims at inspiring joy in their possession of the promised land. And it aims to inspire their faithfulness to him and his word. So we also can look back and remember God's history with us, which should inspire thankfulness toward God and a greater loyalty to Christ who gave himself for us. It should also inspire us to talk to others about the good things he has done in our lives. And in this way, gratitude to God and a willingness to spread his message go hand in hand. So here is what you need to read for July the 12th as far as your Bible readings go. You need to read First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 19, through chapter 14, verse 17, Romans 
Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, Psalm 9, 13 to 20, and Proverbs 19, verses 4 and 5. So that concludes our verse of the day segment for July the 12th. So now we are going to move into, or through the Bible in one year segment for July the 12th. So this is day 193 of this particular segment. So if you have missed any of the previous segments in this if you've missed any of the previous installments of this segment, or if you have, if you just want to get, see what all is available, <coughs> you can do that by visiting upstatechristian.com. Again, that is upstatechristian.com. So we're on day night, 193 of Arthur the Bible in one year segment. So we are now moving into, we're now into Acts chapter 5. So our focus for today is going to be Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. So it's only four short verses that we're going to be covering today. But they convey something very important for us. So after the troubling events of yesterday's passage, which would be the attempt by Ananias and Sapphira to lie to God, and their subsequent punishment for attempting to lie to God, which, by the way, as we said yesterday, was their ultimate crime, because, you see, their crime was not not giving all of the money they had made from selling their property to the church. Their crime was uh, telling the church what they had given them was everything they had made off the sale of this property, which was a lie. So not only did they lie to the church, not only did they lie to the apostles, but they lied to God. And we saw this caused a great deal of angst within the church according to the end of our passage for yesterday. So today, we come to a passage that is full of light and full of hope. And why is it full of light? And why is it full of hope? Because you see, in today's passage, we see more evidence of the change that the Baptism in the Spirit brought on the disciples. Because in today's passage, we're going to hear evidence that the disciples were performing the same signs and wonders that Jesus himself performed, which, by the way, is what Jesus said was going to happen. Jesus said before he departed that they were going to do the same things he did, but they were also going to do 
greater things than he did. So what we're seeing in today's passage is the same things that he was, they are doing, right? And then all of a sudden, when they start to do these things, people begin to now follow them because they saw that these men who had previously been kind of cowardly, who had previously run away, were now completely empty, totally different. And so there was this great change that happened. So we're going to pick up in now in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, and we're going to go through verse 16. So this is what that passage says. It says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. So the apostles here continued to perform miracles to magnify Christ. So the miracles they were performing right here were not to magnify themselves, was not to bring glory to themselves. They weren't doing this to make a name for themselves. They were doing these things to bring glory to God, and to bringing glory to God, to bring glory to Christ, to direct these people towards the one who had given these men, these sinful men, who had been utterly and completely changed on the day of Pentecost, the power to perform these miracles like Jesus had performed these miracles. So what we see here is that these healings were quite unusual, right? So, um, <coughs> so what made them so unusual, right? So what made them so unusual is the fact that they brought these people into the streets and they laid them on the beds and on mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them, right? So we also see here, right, it said that all the believers, so it wasn't just the select few that came and gathered up here, right? It was all, 
that came together together, and it was all who came to be healed, or healed, right? So the response that we see here was phenomenal, right? Because when Jesus had walked the earth, hundreds of thousands of people had followed him, but they hadn't brought hundreds and thousands of people. They hadn't lined the streets of Jerusalem or the streets of Capernaum or the streets of any other town that Jesus came into with beds full of sick people, with mats where sick people were lying, just so they could simply be in the shadow of Jesus. So we didn't see that when Jesus walked in, but now all of a sudden we see that because there was something strange going on, right? Because ideally, in an ideal world, right, what would have happened after Jesus had been executed was, was that the disciples would have scattered and this movement would have died. But instead of the movement dying, the movement now all of a sudden grows more powerful after the brutal execution of its leader, all because this leader was raised from the dead. Not, their response was phenomenal because hundreds if not thousands of people added to the number of those who believed in the Lord. So that the people believed and then were added to the church underscores that faith in Christ is necessary for someone to become part of the church. Because you see these People had a faith that these disciples, these apostles, these people who had walked the earth with Jesus were in fact capable of doing the very things that they had seen Jesus do and they had heard tell these men were doing themselves. So now let's talk about why that was the case, because it all goes back to one, a very, very simple reason why. As you see, the leaders among God's people, right, and we already know who God's people are, they're all those who willingly choose to follow him and willingly choose to obey all of his commands. That is who God's people are. God's people, like we said yesterday, are not, are not just a select race of people. They're not just a select nationality of people. God's people is made up of members from every tribe and nation on the earth. It may be kind of difficult for some of y'all to understand, but if you're not able to understand me, maybe you need to do a little bit more thinking 
that you can get rid of your stinking thinking about that. Anyway, moving on. So the leaders among God's people were so completely filled and overflowing with God's presence through the Holy Spirit that God's miraculous power was with them wherever they went. It wasn't just with them when they were sitting in the temple. It wasn't just with them when they were sitting down meeting with a group of believers to do their weekly worship service. No, 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 no. The power and the presence of God through the Holy Spirit was with them wherever they went. So what we'll see here is that even indirect contact with the leaders of God's people was enough it was enough to bring miracles from God. Right? So of course, of course, these material objects that these people were coming in direct contact with, or they were coming in direct contact with, like touching the robe of someone, or touching the handkerchief of someone, which you will see as we go through the book of Acts, happen quite frequently with people like Paul, which caused the people that touched these objects to be healed. So what you need to understand about that is that these objects had no magical, right? They had no magical power or qualities, or nor did they have any supernatural qualities in and of themselves. So it wasn't the object that was curing people. Right? It wasn't the hanky of Paul. It wasn't the robe of Peter. It wasn't the whatever it was that these people touched that healed these people, right? So what was it? Right? So even the slightest item or shadow represented a point of contact. Right? So it represented a point of contact between these, between the apostles and the person that wanted to be healed. And when you mix that with faith, it brought God's presence in a supernatural way. So these people believed like the woman who had been, who had had the issue with bleeding that we see recorded in the Gospels, who said, if I only just touch the edge of Jesus' robe, I'll be healed. So that's essentially what these sick people are thinking and what these sick people's friends are thinking, right? If we just look at the apostles, if we just can make eye contact with them, if we can just touch the edge of their garments, then we will be healed. Which is essentially what is happening here. So these actions that we see here were evidence that Jesus' disciples were continuing to do just as their Lord had done, just as Jesus had done. They healed people and they freed those tormented from evil spirits. 
you see, what does that last phrase say? At the end of this passage, what does it say? It says, crowd gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. And all of them were healed. Not just some of them were healed, but all of them were healed. Right? You've got to understand here, right? So this was a key sign and evidence that God's kingdom had come and was active among the people with great power. It is also pleasing to God for us to pray that through the Holy Spirit we might do good and heal those troubled and oppressed by sickness and Satan. Because remember, our object as followers of Christ is to show people the path to freedom. Right? It's to show people the path to freedom. We ourselves cannot offer them the freedom. That is something that only God can do through the work of the Holy Spirit. But we can show people the right path they need to take. We can offer some help in that. We can even, right, offer some healing for some things, right? So we can drive out demons, right? We can drive out impure spirits who are tormenting these people, right? But that's all we can do, right? Because we're able to, we're able to do those things through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that is where we will pick up tomorrow as we finish Acts chapter 5. But in order for you to be prepared for that discussion, here is what you need to read. You need to read 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 1 through 16 verse 36. Romans, not Romans 10, I'm sorry, no, 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 not Romans 10, that is most definitely a typo, let's see if I can find the right one for you, it's going to be Romans chapter 1, it's going to be Romans chapter 1, Verses 18 through 32, uh, Psalm 10, 1 through 15, and Proverbs 19, verses 6 through 7.